a code red for humanity, curb emissions and dramatically reduce consumption or face a world that is fundamentally different. When Kermit the Frog sang, it's not easy being green. I want you to know that he was wrong. He was wrong. There is no planet B. There is no planet blah. Blah, 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 blah. It is unequivocal that human activities are responsible for climate change. If unprecedented changes are not made and made soon, there will be irreversible damage to the planet. Zero carbon. East tall. Hello, this is Zero Carbonista, Series 3, The Sky's the Limit. I'm Ian Collins, and welcome to the number one environmental podcast. This is fast becoming the oracle of all things green. The man helping to shape the global agenda from the front bench is Dale Vince, lifelong environmentalist and entrepreneur, the owner of Ecotricity, and, of course, the chairman of Forest Green Rovers. Morning, Dale. Yeah, morning, Ian. It's been a fun week so far, I have to say. Well, there's been a budget and they've addressed everything green, so cops cancelled, no problem, nothing to see here. Uh, we all move on with a nice, clean world. Uh, I mean, we couldn't be better set up for COP, really, could we, in global leadership with the budget we've just had? Yeah, what did you make? I mean, I thought the interesting thing was that the idea that you would kind of introduce any kind of break on flying, I, I thought I'd misheard it. It was madness. It was the anti-climate budget, wasn't it? Um, cheaper to fly, Cheaper to buy petrol and diesel and cheaper to drink. That's not a climate issue, but they're the three headlines I saw. Yes. Fly, fly yeah. drive and drink and it's all cheaper. Yeah. You know, and, and yet we can't have cheaper solar panels. Uh, you know, we can't have cheaper home insulation. We've still got a coal mine being opened and a £20 billion road program and new uh, drilling in the North Sea. All of that background is still there. And we're, what, two, three days away from COP now? Two, yeah. I think it is. You know, I mean, what, what place are we in? We want the world to come together and do bold things. Johnson has said that. And they're going to come here and say, well, you say one thing, but you very much do another. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? So I don't know how many other, you know, if you were to look around the world, would we find those inconsistencies in, I don't know, Germany and Italy and France and the like? No, we wouldn't. We wouldn't even find them in Australia. And they came out with the most stupid net zero plan this week uh, also, actually. Oh, I mean, 3,090 or something. <laughs> they're not alone. But at least they aren't banging on about leading the world and fighting the climate crisis and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I think at least they know where they are. I mean, their plan is foolish. I mean, it relies on technology that doesn't exist. I mean, they think they can carry on producing fossil fuels. I mean, that's the madness of it. This is a net zero plan that doesn't give up fossil fuels. Wow. Yeah, for another for another forty years. Yeah, <laughs> so, hang on. So have they have they not read a newspaper no, over there? Even in, even in, then, I, d I didn't I didn't read that they plan to give up fossil fuels in twenty fifty. They're saying by twenty fifty they'll get to net zero and still be producing fossil fuels. Yeah, yeah. Our first story taps into this. Scientists express doubt that the Glasgow Climate Change Conference will be successful, and there seems to be a slightly growing body of concern from areas of the world of science yeah but i think it's a political issue i don't know how scientists can divine that unless they're psychologists let's say but you know we've had our own government this week several different government ministers have come out and said oh cop's going to be difficult Do you know what i mean there's a johnson himself has been saying very low chance of success he was telling a bunch of school kids that i think um I'm sure they probably raised their eyebrows at him and thought, yes, Johnson, why is that? Why is it not going to be a success? What have yeah. you been doing the last six months? And what kind of budget did we just have in Britain? And, you know, where are the policies to fight the climate crisis? I mean, the, I think COP could very well be a failure. But the failure isn't about science. It's about politics. It's about the leaders of the world 
actually biting this bullet and saying, right, here's a serious zero carbon policy that matches the science. Absolutely right. I think this this time next week we'll be broadcasting, of course, from from COP. You'll be there. I, I, I'm quite excited, actually, because all of this is now going to be flushed out for real, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, in a way, it's gonna it's gonna be good to know where we stand. We've a lot of will it, won't it, COP be a success or not? That kind of stuff. We know it's pivotal, super important. Our government have just been messing about. Uh, I think they've let us and the world down because you know we're supposed to be running this thing and uh, and coordinating the whole world in in preparation for COP. You know the big stuff should have happened before now. You know we put our zero carbon plan out last week. The Aussies put theirs out this week. You know there's not much between them actually in terms of seriousness. Uh, I'm hoping the big guns, the US and the EU, come and save the day. Uh, China and Russia aren't coming, of course. Um, I mean all the ingredients are there for it to be a bit of a bit of a flop, which is a shame. Uh, here's what, what, when you think about environmentalists that are leading the way, I mentioned you at the beginning of this about sort of agenda setting and the like. You think of Greta Thunberg, you think of David Attenborough. There's another name to add to that list now, um, and that is Mike Graham, because Chaz on Twitter has picked up on this. What did you make of Mike Graham's outburst about concrete this week? I mean, there we are all wondering what's renewable and what we can use and how to save the planet. Um, and Mike Graham informed us that you can grow concrete. So. I mean, I love this. I watched the clip. It's only about a minute long. And yeah. you've got Mike facing off with a spokesperson from Insulate Britain. And, you know, he was classic Mike right up in his face about what he does for a living. That's how he kicked off. Well, what do you do for a living? And he's like, well, I'm a carpenter. And Mike said, well, that's not very good, is it? You have to cut down trees. And he's like, well, it's, it's regenerative, you know, because trees grow. And Mike's straight in with, but you can grow a lot of things. You can grow concrete. And it's like, and the, and the bloke just looked. He, his face didn't move, and and Mike sat there. Just I think just it dawned on him what a stupid thing he'd said, and he froze for like twenty seconds. Then he said, "Right, bye." <laughs> yeah, was, that was the end of it. That was the end of it. And what's What's funny about it is it's had about twelve million views. This um, <laughs> this and and Mike's kind of in a in a great way owned it and decided that he's not going to shun away from it. Uh, no. He'll retweet it and kind of. Uh, he's now speaking to scientific experts who can just about form an argument that you might be able to grow something that some people <laughs> would call concrete one day. <laughs> Seriously, so. that's fabulous. And Talk Radio have been putting money behind it. They've been putting advertising spend by getting this clip out in the world. So yeah, yeah. They like it. Absolutely right. Uh, here's another headline. Government's chief scientific advisor says, eat less meat to save the planet. This was Patrick Valance, of course, um, who made the point that he said it's rather simple. Eat less meat, take fewer flights. And you've been saying this for years. Yeah, absolutely. Two of our big three, energy, transport and food. Yeah. And, you know, the government pulled it out of the net zero policy last week as well, didn't they? There was advice in there that said we've got to eat less meat to fight the climate crisis. And it, it got published and then pulled, which is just a weird thing to do. Yeah. Very strange. Um, it's good to hear Patrick Valance making these points, though. Yeah. I mean, whenever serious people make these points, I think it helps. You know, scientific, medical people um, and economists, of course. There was uh, a big intervention from Lord Stern this week, looking back at his seminal report from 15 years ago that said it would be cheaper to fight the climate crisis than to suffer it. Yep. Uh, and he came out and said, actually, we underestimated the cost of the climate crisis back then. It's even worse. And we just need 2 to 3% of GDP invested, not spent. It's a different way to look at it, in fighting the climate crisis. And, you know, job done. It's, it's interesting that in the, in the same week, Rishi Sunak gave an interview with Sky News, and he said, I'm not telling people to eat less meat. <laughs> yeah, and actually, he only sees green measures as a cost, not an investment. 
It's an incredible attitude. And of course, he's the guy that said, well, let's make it cheaper to fly in Britain because it's such a big country. You really need to fly, you know, and, and let's make petrol and diesel cheaper because it just makes sense then that, you, you know, you know, it does. It's kind of, it is parallel universe territory, isn't it? It's Black Mirror territory where you'd think, hang on a sec. The, the, so, I mean, it would be bad if we weren't hosting COP26. We're the freaking hosts of it. So, I mean, it, it just, it's not a good look, whatever way you, you cut this one. No, but this is a government that can absolutely fly in the face of reality, isn't it? This is the government that continues to tell us Brexit is this most amazing opportunity. You know, we've got gaps on supermarket shelves, shortage of agricultural mm. workers and of drivers. Yep. We've got a 15% decrease in imports and exports in the last 12 months due to Brexit. We've got no trade deals to replace what we've lost with Europe. And they continue to say it's an amazing opportunity. And Rishi Sunak said, we're entering the age of optimism, which is, of course, <laughs> true in a sense, because all we get from our government is optimism. Yeah. Uh, yes. I mean, the delivery of the optimism is a whole different ballgame, isn't it? Yeah. Um, this in from Ryan, who says, Dale, our gas boiler is just being condemned. I need to get something <laughs> installed before winter. I, I do like that. Where, where I'm, so I'm, serious, I'm, I'm, it? When an inanimate object is condemned, there's always something vaguely amusing about it. But uh, clearly not for Ryan, because they need to get something installed. Currently, there's a three-month delay on heat pumps. Uh, but they can install a gas boiler in two weeks. Uh, what would you do, says Ryan? It's a good question. You know, I'd put a gas boiler in, and I know that will make quite a few environmentalists kind of pull their hair out and call me crazy. That's my friend George Monbiot, by the way. Uh, but, you know, what you can do, wait three months for something that's going to cost, I don't know, six, seven, eight thousand pounds. Yeah, sure. Um, that's going to raise your, your energy bills. I mean, the whole heat pump program is a, is a foolish mistake. Uh, yep. Green gas has to come. So anybody putting a boiler in now, uh, instead of a heat pump, I think is, uh, you know, it's just going to be future-proofed because green well, gas is Well, I was going to say, because the, if green gas is coming anyway, that, that will be, your, your boiler is really just the delivery point of the gas, isn't it? So yeah. it will be able to still cope with that, whereas your heat pump will be shagged, to coin the phrase. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> I'm going to leave that there. <laughs> I think so. Oranges are a luxury now, says the Welsh climate minister. Did you see this story? I think they don't grow in Wales, do they? I didn't think so. Buying fruit and veg out of season should be seen as a luxury in future, according to the Welsh climate minister. I think it's a fair point. You know, we've become spoiled in the last decade or so with a range of things on offer in supermarkets, you know, kind of completely out of seasonal stuff from any part of the world where the sun happens to be shining. And of course, it comes with a big, uh, a, bi- a big environmental cost. Although I, I must say, I'm reminded that less than 1% of the carbon footprint of all food is down to food miles. Actually, what you eat is more important than where it comes from. Is that right? That's right, so, yeah. So, sorry, so the, the, the food miles is not as important? No, it's not. It's not. We, we do kind of tend to, you know, get an, anxiety. Don't we? Yeah, so we get anxiety. Or we say, oh, if it's flown in, it must be bad. Or, you know, if it came on a boat from a long way away, yeah. which, whichever. But if, when, you, when you tot it up, less than 1% of the carbon footprint of food is from the distance that it traveled. Um, here's another point. Why does the government keep ignoring tidal energy products? I mean, you've talked about lots of alternative ways to energize a, a, a nation, Dale, but I, I would imagine you would concur with that headline. Yeah, I, I really don't understand, particularly tidal lagoons um, offshore. This is where you compound an area of water with a rock wall and uh, you know it fills up on a high tide generating power that way in and then you let it out on a low tide and you generate power again you know it's predictable for 100 years in advance so it's a predictable form of renewable energy which is a big part of the answer and and instead we've got a government that just wants to spend 
untold billions on nuclear fission and research, more research into nuclear fusion, which is never coming and talks up carbon capture, which is monstrously expensive and always will be just inherently by the nature of it. I don't understand why our government doesn't say, well, let's, let's, you know, let's fund a pilot project. Let's see how this tidal lagoon stuff, for example, could work. And will it, is, is anybody onto this? I mean, we could talk about it all day, but is there anybody seriously onto this? We've got a project that we're, that we're partnered with somewhere up on the um, West Coast, Northwest Coast of England. And, uh, you know, it's a completely feasible thing, cheaper than nuclear, faster yep. than nuclear, cleaner than nuclear, safer than nuclear, um, and, you know, pretty predictable and controllable. But, no traction. You know, it does need support in the same way that nuclear does, uh, but not as much. Okay. I mean, we've got a government that just aren't listening, but we can see that from the budget and from the stuff they do and they don't do. Do you know what I mean? This is a government that are not interested in the green agenda at all. Uh, Lisa on Twitter, good luck at COP26. Hope your message gets heard loud and clear. And Claire on Facebook says, Hi, Dell, coming to see you speak next Friday night at the Vegan Society and the Blue Dot event in Glasgow. Will you sign my copy of Manifesto if I bring? Yes, <laughs> of course I will. Of yeah. course you will. You would never. You mentioned that. No, I won't. <laughs> yeah. I refuse. No, I've done enough of that. I'm not signing anymore. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's who is it that said this week that don't sign? Paul McCartney said he stopped signing stuff. Oh, mean. Well, he said he'd rather have a picture taken with people. Oh, he's gone modern. Selfies. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Um, Are you looking forward to COP then, Dale? It's going to be a few days there. Um, Yeah. I mean, you said at the beginning of this, you can sort of sense a little bit of maybe this won't pan out as it should do, but are there still, as Rishi might say, a point of optimism. <laughs> yeah, we, we could definitely be optimistic. I, I think all the signs from our government are to uh, get us ready for failure, uh, which I think is the most likely outcome, uh, certainly at least an underwhelming success. You know, something will be described as a success, which really won't be. That's also a probable outcome. Am I looking forward to it? Uh, in, in a way, yeah, I think there'll be some good opportunities to communicate. I'm going to do some work with the BBC uh, around that, for example. And, and I think with you guys, hopefully, talk radio, I mean, um, yeah, uh, all, all kinds of people. Uh, so it's a chance to communicate. That's really why I'm going. Absolutely. Um, have a cracking week, Dale. We'll speak next week from Glasgow. Nice one. Thanks, Ian. See, See you there. there. That's it for this episode. Don't forget, of course, you can follow this podcast from your podcast provider so that you get each new episode automatically. Leave a review there as well. Uh, make sure you follow Dale on social media, twitter.com slash Vince and facebook.com slash Vince. Zero. Carbon. East off.